I do not buy dreams. I sell them. since I last talked with you guys, but I'm, I'm very excited about today's show. Uh, I'm a firm believer in bringing the flowers while your friends can smell them. And part of why I do what I do in regards to this show is because I love giving a platform for the people that I love to be able to tell their story because you never know how it may be able to affect the next person. It can help, it can heal, and it can have a positive influence. And tonight, as I celebrate, you know, the the birthday of my brother, I figured there was no, you know, better way of having him on the show than, you know, just bringing him on and, and letting him tell his story. I mean, I've learned a lot from this man, and, you know, with me today is my brother, Samad, better known as the Remix King. First of all, happy G-Day, my guy. Welcome, 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 man. So first and foremost, man, you know, let's go back to the origins, man. Where do you come from? Um... I'm from North Carolina. I'm from here, actually. Like, I, I'm from Jersey. You know what I mean? But I, my, my family's basically from, from, from down here. You know what I mean? But um, I was born in Trenton City, um, November 19th, 1966. Um, and then from moving from Jersey, I got my family was already down here, so I came down here. Periodically, man, like like pretty pretty often, you know what I mean. I came down here as a kid, summertime, vacations and stuff like that. We used to come down here all the time. And then um, my grandmother lived down here, and uh, my grandfather passed away, so she moved up north with us, and then ended up coming back down here. Got a, a house built down here, and uh, so I used to come a lot, man. I used to come down here a lot. So I was in Oxford for a while, up until like maybe a year. I was there for probably a year. Right. And uh, I went to school down here for one year. This is interesting. This is very, very uh, relevant in this this my life too because I came down here in the ninth grade, man, and. Um, while I was in New Jersey before that, it was a kid that I met that I met up in New Jersey that was from Oxford, North Carolina, and I used to tell him, yo, I got family down there, blah, 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 blah. So, as, this was, I was, I was probably in the, what, the sixth grade when I met him? And right. He, and he was only up, up there, and he played, we played football, so I ended up coming down here in the ninth grade, and who did I end up going to school with, running into same dude. That same dude, man. Get out of here. Yeah, man. Three school, four, like three school years later. And we played football together. And, um, you know, it was cool. So I, saw, I hung out for a year. And then I ended up going back to New Jersey. Why was that? Because it just was, um, I, to, for me particularly, I needed a little bit more. Faster pace? Yeah, man. Things weren't moving fast enough for me. What were you looking to do that you didn't find down here? Um, I didn't know. That was just it. Okay. I, I really didn't know. It's just I did know that when I was in New Jersey before, I knew how New Jersey was. And I knew it was opportunities for me to do something else than be 
it was just like I wasn't I wasn't feeling down here like that. I just wasn't feeling okay. like that. You know what I mean? And that's because I wasn't I wasn't old enough and mature enough to know what I should be looking for to feel down here. Do you understand what I'm saying? That makes sense? For sure. Right. So um I went back to, I went up back up to Jersey and uh So was there any type of transition now? It was uh not really because while I was down here, I was I was I was ready to, you know, I was, you was I, moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I got right back up there, it was just like, like you know, double dutch, man. You know, it's like you just waiting to jump in. The rope never stops, and it's right. two ropes. So you gotta, you, you gotta get the rhythm. And that's the rhythm I already had from already being up there. when I was down here, yeah. it was just like you know, like riding a bike. So what's a day in the life? You know, Samad, as you're back in Jersey now, back in that fast paced hustle and bustle. You know, are you immediately grabbing toward, gravitating towards what's giving you that need or that fast pace that you were craving that you um, couldn't find down here? I'm thinking it was more along the lines of I um I was being greedy. How I, so? Because I, I it was certain things that I wanted to do and I was doing them, but it was other things that I was trying to do as well that I wanted to do but didn't really know how to go about doing them. Like, like my music thing is, is, has always been number one in my life. Right. It's always been number one. So wherever I've gone, wherever I've been, I've always attempted to implement that into my existence, like literally. I was down here, as a matter of fact. I came down. I forgot to even say that. I came down as an adult, probably uh, 22, 23 and I was living with my grandmother. Who, remember I told you she moved back down here and I was up there? Okay, I lived with her. And my aunt was like, oh, no, 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 no. We're not going to have that. You're going to go to Job Corps. Mm. So my aunt put me on the bus and sent me to Morganfield, Kentucky, to Job Corps. Because she didn't want you doing music? No, because she didn't want me just sitting in my grandmother's house doing music. Gotcha. Without a job. You okay. Know? And, and, and I respect that. I mean, I wasn't, I, that's what I was doing. I was sitting in the house, out in the country. Yeah. Just DJing, just spinning music. Get up in the morning and, you know, do what I do and go out there on the car, with my music and spin all day. Like, literally, all day. Like, okay. morning to night. So, at that time, you're, you're honing your craft, but it's not anything that's bringing, bringing in any revenue. So, from the outside looking in, it could appear that you just don't have any di- direction at that point in time. Well... Actually, it was more along the lines of I was doing I was doing some things with it. It's just I didn't know I didn't know the possibility of of the uh, the financial benefits. I did because I, I was I, I just didn't know of knowing you could go reach out and try to spin at a place here and potentially get paid. No, for I was it. spinning at places, man. I just didn't. I wasn't getting the bread for it. Word. You know, I was I was. I was, it was, I was like I, I was like a uh, uh, I, I, I was naive, bro. I didn't know. Like I was, they, these people were renting out places, and I was doing I was doing parties. Like I, I was doing. Uh, it was like a, like an Elks Club, and this Elks Club used to used to have bingo and all this other stuff. They stopped the bingo night just so I could spend. And I'm saying on a Thursday night. Friday and a Saturday night. Now, the bingo night was on a Thursday night. They canceled the bingo night, cut it off completely so I could spend there and make them money. Thursday, 
Friday and Saturday. I wasn't making no money. It was just I loved to do it so much. I was just glad to be able to to spin and have people listen to my music. But clearly, you were making them some income. Yeah, clearly, yeah. clearly, <laughs> absolutely. So to take it back, what you were saying previously, you know, when you said, you know, in regards to Jersey, you know, there were things that you were doing, you know, because you had to do them, but there were also things that you wanted to do. Yeah. You know what things you know with comfort in regards to what you feel comfortable yeah, speaking yeah. on. You know what things were you doing? In that meantime, that was bringing home the income that DJing yeah. wasn't allowing for you to offset yeah. with. I mean, I, w- I was painting, bro. I had a, um, I had a uh, great job, man. And I'm not even going to exaggerate. I had, a, I had a job with this guy's name was Scott Lucas. And um, Lu- Lucas Painting LLC. He was out of a place called Newfoundland, New Jersey. Actually, I think it's, it's Newfoundland. They, they, they pronounce it Newfoundland. Newfoundland, New Jersey, um, and I was making I was making pretty good money with him, like really good money. And and not only was I making money with him, but he had a friend of his that when I wasn't working with him on the weekend, I could go work with this friend of his doing. We were doing all kinds of insulation. We were, I'm talking about sheetrock, plaster, tearing it down all the way down to the frame of the house, and then taking all the nails out. Renailing, uh, recalking, silly, um, putty, all of that, spackle, everything, you know. Mm. And um, I was making good money with this guy, so that was my that was my really that was my first love was painting. Once I knew how to learn how to 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 prep, and saw the intricacies of prepping, it was a wrap for me, bro. What like, I I knew I was some type of. I should have been some type of artist, man. So what year are we talking about when you're doing this? This was, um, man, this was 2000. This was, um, when was the years, when was the, uh, the, the what was the planet? What was, you know, it was 2000? Yeah. It was supposed to blow up. Oh, yeah, the millennium. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I got such a fascinating life, bro. You don't even have enough time on your podcast for my life, bro. Well, let's let's get into it. I mean, there's no restrictions in which I operate under, man. So that's why we got you on here, man. So take me through. You know, you had this good paying job. And I mean, you and I have talked off the record in regards to your relationship with, with Scott and yeah. how he really looked out for you. He was a good dude. Yeah, no doubt. You no know doubt. what I mean? And, and and so you still have the craft of DJing. You know, what? what's now that you're back in Jersey, you know, socially, you know, what? what's the climate? What's the culture? You know, who are you mingling with at that time? Um, I really wasn't doing too much hanging out, man, because I was just trying to actually... I'm trying to think, bro, because it's like before I before this is what happened. Before all of that transpired, let me see. Alright, let's 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 go. I'm gonna take you from I'm gonna take you from that that moment right there on all the way to where we are right now. That's it. Okay? So look. Scott, I'm working with Scott. I'm with a girl named Debbie, her son Devin, and I. We were living in this big, humongous house in <clears throat> Booton, New Jersey. And how big a house are we talking? We're talking about a whole one family downstairs. Then you got 
come out, right? Yeah. You walk out. It's a, it's a little, what they call it, what's that, a vestibule? Yeah. Then you walk up another flight of stairs, bend the corner, walk up another half a flight, and it's another row. It's another, like, a, another banister row, mm -hmm. but it's a whole other floor, like the first floor, a whole, and, and, it's, and it, we're talking living room, kitchen, bedroom, and then bathroom, and you go up, and it's another third level. Debbie, I, her son Devin, her sister, her sister's then boyfriend and baby's father and baby, Tyler, also lived up there. So it was six of us on the third floor. Just on the third floor, my dude. And it was another whole family on the second floor. And there was an entire another family on the first floor. We're talking entire families. You understand? That's a, so that's a big house. So Devin, my girlfriend's son, come, is at school, and he says that the world's going to end. So he's at school tripping out. By the way, he's bipolar. He's How old is he at this Devin time? Devin is in the fifth grade. Okay. Fourth grade. Got you. So he's 10, about 10 or 11. Right. Got you. Young kid. He's at school. The world's about to end. So he... Flips out of school. I'm at work working with Scott. I am in Peapack Gladstone in Mendham, New Jersey. We're painting. We're painting a multi a multi million dollar home in Peapack Gladstone. If anybody ever heard of it, or look at, if you heard of it, you know what I'm talking about. Houses are humongous, humongous, my dude. So I get the call. I can't get to. I can't get to Devin. He's flipping now. How? He's at school. Like flipping like, desks? Like, like he's, he's literally running through the school, through the hallways, yelling that the, that the world is about to end because it's 2K. Oh, This word. is what he heard on the radio. So, and this particular day is the day it's supposed to all go down. So, the, our downstairs neighbor, her name was Ashley, I would say. Ashley or Autumn, one of the two. She goes to pick Devin up. So, she has to leave work. Now... She has some kids that go to school with Devin at the school. So it was, wasn't really an inconvenience for her because she was home. I wasn't home. So she calls me after she goes and picks up Devin. Oh, I had all these problems. Blah, 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 blah. He's bugging out. Da, 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 da. So I have to leave from Mendham to come all the way to Booton. If anyone knows where Booton is, it's a long way from Mendham. So I have to leave to come and see what's going on. So when she when she tells me what happens, as far as her having to go get Devin, he's um, he got expelled prior an investigation, blah, 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 blah. So I call Debbie, and I'm on the phone with Debbie, and I said to Debbie, I said, this gets me to come all the way from Mendham, and she hears me downstairs on the phone. Right. With Debbie. And by the way, Debbie was white. Okay. I'm black. Our neighbor was white. She didn't really dig too much of me anyway. So she said to Debbie that she feels that I shouldn't be there. So, you know, Debbie wasn't going to let me go without her leaving. Right. So we had to pack up and leave. All three of y'all. Yes. You, Debbie, and Devin. No, all six of us. All of us. Man, oh, yeah. wow. Because once, once me and Debbie left, her yeah. sister and... Anthony, his name is Anthony too, by the way. Yeah. They had to leave as well. Gotcha. So we all packed up, 
and we went to a hotel out on, uh, I want to say Route, Route 10 out in Parsippany. So were y'all just renting that big house? Yeah, we, we were renting. Okay. We were renting actually from our neighbor who was in charge of the whole yeah. three floors, you yeah. know what I mean? Gotcha. So, um, yeah, we went out to this hotel, man, and six of us were staying in uh, a room with two king-size beds. So it was me, Debbie, her son, Devin, mm-hmm. and then it was her sister, Anthony. Tyler, right, Tyler and Anthony. Uh, okay. Yeah. And, um, How long would you guys stay there? We, we stayed there for probably, probably about, about seven or eight months. Really? And it was crazy, man. I, so at this time, you're still painting with Scott. Yeah. You yeah. guys are staying in this, uh, what, one room, two bed. Right. Uh, hotel. Right, right. You know, at this point in time for you, it's. It's strictly just getting your hustle off with painting, like yeah, as far yeah, as the I mean, strictly, okay. that's I mean, that's all I could do. I mean, we got it's like I have major responsibility. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah. Because so, for I, you, you're providing for a family. Indeed, so. And so you know, I would know that eventually, would you and Debbie ever get engaged? Man, no. I mean, not like that. But <laughs> <laughs> we um, we we just never we um. Debbie and I went our separate ways, man. And and how it, how would that come about? Um, I want to say it was the last time I was incarcerated. And no, it was before the last time I was incarcerated. Which we'll get into. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I, um, I uh, Debbie and I were really cool, man. I was like. Like, actually, it's funny. We even talk about Debbie right now. It's really, really, no, that's hilarious, actually. It's totally ironic. Because um, Debbie has been, she pokes me on Messenger or whatever. Waves know. at you or whatever, yeah. She pokes, not okay. really. She actually pokes and says, you have Debbie, blah, 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 has poked you. So I look and it says, she has poked you 14 times. So when I go poke her back, I can only poke once. I don't know how the hell she poked me 14 times in a row. Yeah. So, um, she called me the other day, and she's living in Washington now with her son, Devin. State or D.C.? I want to say state. Okay. Where, where, where weed is legal. Yeah, yeah, that's state. I, well, that's where they live now. And um, she, she, we talked from, I, we, we, we did FaceTime for probably 20 minutes while I was at work. Wow. It was, it was really cool. And her son is like, they got, her son has a big house. Like, we had, it's so, it's really, really, really weird. Her son has a really big house, and he made his mother come down to where he is, or go to Washington State, where, where, right. because she was up there with her sister. Well, her sister, it, that's a totally <laughs> long story. Problem. Well, okay, so you said that you know things will fall apart with the last incarceration. Let's go back to the first incarceration, the events leading up to it in regards to, you know, what you're able to discuss. Mm-hmm. You know, at what age were you first ever uh, incarcerated? Um, it was in my 20s, man. I can't really remember. Uh, it was probably something like 24. Now, had you had any previous, you know, no. brushes with the law at all? No, I mean, no, like a little small, you know, stolen car. Um, 
you know, B&Es, you know, small. And, and, you know, I say small because compared to anything else, it, it was small. Right. But, but it, it was small. It was just things what we what we did, you know what I'm saying, where we were, man. Just just to pass time by, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it, what would what get you involved with that initially, you um, know, just at a, you know, you know, just at a younger age? Being... Being curious, man. You know what I'm saying? Like I, like as a kid, it, it was I didn't I didn't have that, I didn't have that. Um, it was different for me as a kid, man. You know what I'm saying? Because when I was young, I was living, I was up in in in, in Dover, in Parsippany, so I came from I came from a different different area. And then, as I got older, I went down to Irvington and North, which was a totally different area. Okay. Which is like the hood. You know so saying? it was more like coming from the suburbs yeah. almost to the hood. Right, exactly. Gotcha. So it's like coming from suburbia, going to the hood, and seeing the different things that are going on. It's like you got to do what everybody else is doing. You have to adapt. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So I had to adapt. It wasn't like I was, you know what I mean? I really didn't, because it, it's, it is so crazy now I'm thinking about it, man. Because nah, I really haven't thought about it like that. But when I was up up there in, in, in Dover, I was like sports to the 10th power, bro. I played basketball. I played football. I played soccer. I played soccer, man. I played baseball. Right. Like, and I was a volleyball I was a beast, son. Cause I my upside, I stuck. So I jump right now. I got ups right now at 52 years old. Today on my birthday, I got I got ups, bro. I can jump. I was I was down, man. My, you know, I got so much. <laughs> so boom. Um, so you go from suburbia where you you know you're excelling in sports to moving, you know, to Newark and, yeah, and being in, yeah. in more so of the hood. So I get down there and I get. And I, I I run into some people who are into music, you know, mm. and they were into music like I was into music, but they were into music more because they were tangibly into music. I was just listening to it, you know. Yeah. These cats were like nipping it. They were DJing, you know what I'm saying? Making mixed pause tapes and shit like that. Excuse the language, but no, you good. These guys were doing. They were like I said, they were hands-on with it and that right there completely took me my focus from sports or anything to deal with sports was gone all this music was, yeah this thing was something new to me and I already was was like liking the concept of music listening to music I could never rap I used to like to make you know beats and stuff but when I saw the first dudes on turntables it was a rap everything else was irrelevant in my life and that's how it's been since then. Like, so it felt like that move from suburbia to the hood. It introduced you, or if not further enhanced your love and affinity for music. But also, the 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 one you know drawback of that was that it also introduced you into a life, you know, uh, of crime. Indeed, yeah, pretty much. You know, yeah. and, and so you know, you said some some B and E's and different things of that nature. But what would ultimately be the events that led to your first incarceration? Um, uh, I'm trying to remember. 
I know I went to Yardville. It was probably for probably for like a, a B and E or some shit. Possession of stolen property. It was some shit like that. It was something because it because it was a youth correctional facility. Okay. And I was I wasn't like a teen I, I wasn't a teenager. It was like I was probably like like I said it was my early twenties mid twenties early twenties because it was a youth correctional facility. And um, I got like a three flat. Like I had, and it was nine months. I did nine months exactly, and got parole. Went home, and then my next bid was after that was uh, I got a parole violation. I violated parole because I did some shit while I was on parole. You know, it was like a failed drug test, or no, nah, I was never, never about that. Because uh, like, you know, for those who don't know, in regards to being on parole, there's certain limitations mm-hmm. in regards to you know, how you can move and what you can, you know, indulge in. So if you remember any terms of that parole, is it a matter of, you know, clearly, you know, there's regular, you know, drug tests. You have to check in with your PO, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's all of that. I mean, it's... it's, it's Probation officer. Yeah, it's, 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 it's being supervised, man. You right. Know I mean? And back, see, I'm a little older, man. So the supervision that was going on back in my day... It's kind of different than the supervision that goes on now. You know what I mean? Because the supervision, I'm telling you, and it's funny as hell, because the supervision that was going on back in my day, it was the type of guy that might pull up to your crib and have a cigarette hanging out of his mouth, and he might got a beer in his cup holder in his, in his car, and he comes to knock on your door, and you're like, yo, you home? And you come to the door, like, yeah, he's like, okay, I'm gone. And boom, he checks you off and goes home. And yeah, goes on about his business. Yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. But nowadays, it's totally different. These guys make you come into the office. They might make you pee. Or they might uh, te- they might come to your job and all. I mean, it wasn't like that, you know what I'm saying, back then. And we're talking about in, we're talking about in, the, in the late 80s, bro. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like in late 80s, like very early 90s, and then on to the 90s. But they, they weren't... You know, the, the parole officers and probation officers, they weren't like they are now, man. It wasn't like that. They weren't. So I can't I can't even really say how crazy it is. But I know it was, you know, it was it was a, a criteria of it. You weren't supposed, to, weren't supposed to be drinking or smoking or, or staying out past your curfew. You're supposed to have had a job. You're supposed to be paying for your fines. That's really how it was supposed to go. Okay. I went back for a violation. It was a technical violation because I, I committed another crime. So what was what what was the crime that you committed that um, led to your second second stint? And, fighting. Okay. Yeah, fighting. So an assault? Yeah, engage yeah, exactly. Fighting, engaging in activities. Just I, I should have been doing, man. Just fighting and getting into shit, man. Because I was young. I was I was young. And I was coming from Mount Arlington and Roxbury and Dover and Parsippany, I really wasn't getting into trouble up there like that. Mm-hmm. I wasn't hanging out with people like I was hanging out with down the way. Right. They were they were uh, two totally different breeds of people. Yeah. Like totally, like completely, totally. If you put them in a, a if you put them in a a forum somewhere and sat them down, mm-hmm. they would look. These people on this side would be looking at them. And these people on the side be looking at them. Like what like what are we doing here? 
Right. You know what I mean? Because they don't belong together. Two no different planes of existence no entirely. From fashion, bro. So with that violation, what? How much time were you then sentenced um, to? I had to do. I had to do the last bit of parole, the probation, the little last of the parole that was left. Okay. And so I maxed out. It was like a, I had like a seven flat. Ended up with like a seven flat. Seven months. No, seven years flat. Seven years. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know what that ended up being. Cause I, yeah, I was just, I was just terrible, man. I was just bad, man. And so, at this time, are you with Debbie with the first and then the second incarceration? Um, I want to say. I want to say yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I was yes. Okay. And then you know, cause when I came, when I finally came home, and then. We ended up going, like I said, we ended up having to leave to go to the hotel. And okay. and it was amazing because in between time, Scott, Debbie, when I first came home, Debbie gave me a phone number and said, call this guy. She said, I saw this number on the side of a van. Mm. And he's looking for somebody to work. And that was Scott. Mm. And that was in that was in probably the nine, that was in ninety something. Were you know? Okay, so after you get out the second time, you know, is this now transitioning back to painting? You're doing your thing. Are you still running with the same crowd that um, you know you would run with leading up to your first conviction and then ultimately second? What What happened was I ended up we left the hotel and I forget exactly where. Anthony and Bonnie went, but Anthony was working at Casio. Mm. It was Casio, where you make the watches and they make the uh, the G Shock. You know what I mean? Right. They used to make calculators and all kinds of stuff. But he was working for Casio. So I forget where they went, but I know me, Debbie, and Devin went down to Irvington, back down the way, mm-hmm. to go stay with my father. My stepmother, my late stepmother, and we um, moved in with them. And my sister was literally right down Grove Street. You could walk to her house in probably about five minutes, like like not even playing, five minutes. Okay. Good five minutes. And she lived right down the street. And um, so Debbie's son and my sister's kids... We're all going to the same little school. They're going. They're all going to little um, grocery schools, like the little elementary schools. Elementary school. Gotcha. Right. So we stayed with my father for a while, and um, I was working with Scott from down from from down there for a second, for one brief second, and then I couldn't get transportation back up to North Jersey. I mean, up to uh, Morris County. Okay. So I stayed down there, and I got a job working at. An A and P. I was working at the A and P in, uh, in in Upper Montclair. Okay. So I was I was I was uh, I was on the bus one day. I went up there, and I want to say I got off the bus, and I was walking, and I saw this bike. It was a mountain bike. It was a Trek. I'll never forget it. It was like a like a burnt orange color. I walked over to that bike and I looked. And I stole that bike. I go straight to work on that bike, dog. And I'm gonna tell you something. Like I gotta tell you, I'm from I'm from where they ride those bikes. 
Right. Like, I'm from up there in the mountains and shit, where they ride BMX bikes. They, I'm talking about, we used to ride, and I'm going to say some names, Torker, um, Pook, who's P-U-C-H, um, Hoffman, Redline, Diamondback, Mongoose. These are all BMX bikes. Mm -hmm. I'm not even talking about mountain bikes. These are all BMX bikes. But this this bike was a <clears throat> was a Trek, and Trek used to make BMX BMX bikes too. But this was a mountain bike. And when I got on that bike, I almost fell because it was so light. It weighed almost mm. nothing. Like, I, and I so I, and the reason I why well, I'm I'm emphasizing this because I know what these bikes are like and I know what they're supposed to feel like and I know how much they cost. Right. And this bike that I that I stole, this bike was a $2,700 bike. Once I found out how much, because I, I, I went up to, the, it was a little uh, bike shop up on, up on uh, Bloomfield Avenue that I went to because I had to get back tire fixed on the bike. It was nowhere that I could figure out where I could go fix it until I found out I could go downtown to Irvington. But I was going up Bloomfield to get this guy to fix the bike. And he was telling me how much the bike cost. He's like, yeah, what'd you get this bike? I said, my girlfriend bought it for me, you know, because she knew how to go back and forth to work. And Debbie was living at, we were living at my father's right. house in Irvington. So, um, It's plausible. Plausible story. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't know how much the bike cost. And I was ride. I would ride through, through, through Montclair, through Upper Montclair to get to work, past that place where I stole that bike every day. The same way. Going and coming. <laughs> every day. And I worked up there, and I was working in the, um, in the seafood department. And, um... One day I left the bike in my backyard, and I was in Irvington, and you know it's in my backyard. You got to walk in my yard to see it. To get yeah, to see it, so you got to come and you got and, and you got you got to once you get up in my you're in my yard. You got to walk. It's like a driveway, and you got to go around to the back, and then you're in the back of my house. Right. That's what was that park? Just just like outside of my window. Like if I looked down here, it was right there. You know right. what I'm saying? Somebody went in the backyard and stole my bike while I was while I was. I was at work. Stole your stolen bikes. <laughs> so I was, I was crushed. So, so, so what happened was I told Debbie, I said, look, put the bike away because I'm about to go to work, but I want to catch the bus because it's supposed to rain later on. So I'll never forget this. So she calls me and she calls me, she calls me Lamb. <clears throat> she says, Lamb. I said, what's good, baby? She said, um, she said, don't be mad. She said, you're going to be mad. I said, why? She said, somebody stole the bike. I said, What? I said, how'd you tell somebody steal it? She said, I don't know. She said, I, I, I was supposed to come outside and put it up, but I was doing something with Devin, and I came downstairs, and it was gone. Mm. She's like, but well, I'm going to go outside and see if I can find it. So they rode around 18th Avenue. Now, this is downtown. This is there. I'm, I'm on the borderline in Newark and Irvington. Okay. 16th Avenue and Grove Street. Once you bust that, once you bust that, that right... On 16th Avenue, you go down a little bit, credit doctors, you cross over, you're in, you're in Newark now. And I'm talking about, it's walking distance from my house. She was in, she was, she got in the car, and they rode down, and they tried to find the bike. Because, bro, I got, a, almost, I got almost a $3,000 bike, and I'm in the hood, you understand? Right. So, this, and if somebody got this bike, it's... It, they about to cake off. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, they didn't know what they had, so they were just riding around on it. Right. Like, so, she, she saw the person on the bike. She and y'all, did she know him? No, she didn't know. It was just a, a, some random dude, a brother. Yeah. And, my, and, and Debbie's white now. Yeah. But she's just as good as I am. So she ran out. She got out of the car and said, yo, that's my boyfriend's bike. I don't know. What, she's, and, and dude was like, yo. He's like, I don't know what the fuck you talking about. Excuse me. But I, I paid $100 for this bike. Uh-huh. So, 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 
So she's like, all right, well, you're going to come with me to my house. We're going to call my boyfriend at work, and we're going to tell him, and we're going to get the money, and we're going to pay you for the bike. But that's his bike, and we want that bike back. Yo, she went to the hood and got my bike, bruh. She went to the hood, you understand? Like, I don't know where the hood is here. I know it's, it's Bragg Street. You know where Bragg Street is? Bragg Street, okay. Bledsoe. Well, she went over there. White girl went over there and saw a dude riding my bike and stopped him and said, that's my boyfriend's bike, and, I, and you got to give me that. You, I, I need that. Words right. wrong. Yes, yes, she did. And she got my bike back, man. I, and I was, I'm forever, and that's why, that's why, now that I think about it, that's why me and that girl are still tight to this day. Why you would still even entertain conversation, and, 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 regardless of the fact that you that, guys are no longer that was, together. Because that was just how, how tight our bond was. You know what no I'm saying? It ain't even about that bike, it was just, that's the type of chick she was. That's why we still communicate. So, at, so at what point in time, you know, were you introduced to, to hustling? Um, Okay, so so while I was um, down, me and Debbie were uh, we had we had we were staying at my father's house. Um, something happened to where we left, and we went right on the next street over to my boy's house. And my man, his name was Deville. Um, he had a two-story house. He lived on the on the second floor. The whole first floor, and it was a, it was a living room. It was a big front room, a living room, a little hallway, bathroom, kitchen, a room, and a room, and a back portion. So yeah, so he let me and my girl and her and her son have the downstairs, and we paid like I don't know fifty dollars a month, some shit like that. Wow. Yeah, and we had a whole joint, the whole joint, bro, was big, and um, so. He was selling. He was selling. Um, he was selling coke. I want to say. No, he was selling. He was selling coke up. He wasn't even selling coke. He was selling. He was selling like cooked up coke. Where he would take it upstairs, and he was, you know, put it in a, in a little pot with the water, baking soda, and put the whole thing in the, the in the in the put the jar in the pot and cook it, bring it back. He was selling that. So. Um, he was like, yo, man, you trying to uh, you trying to make some money? And I was like, doing what? He's like, yo, you want to sell some, sell some, we didn't call it hard, and they called all this other crazy stuff. I, he said, you trying to sell some cooker? And I was like, hell yeah, because I don't know how much money that brings. I'm like, right. hell yeah, why wouldn't I? So he's like, this is what you got to do. He wanted me to stand out. I'm like, no, 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 no. He wanted you to be corner boy. Yeah, he, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing that, bro. <laughs> so he's like, but man, it's it's good it's good money. I'm like, man, listen, I'm not gonna I got I got I got a job. So, you know, I got people that might ride through here and see me or I and I, I wasn't even thinking about my responsibilities, like oh, my girl and my, my 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 little man. I was thinking yeah. about, you know, I got a job and somebody sees me out there, I could be in trouble for me because they know what it is when you stand out there in my little neighborhood out there. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um I didn't, I didn't, I didn't take him up on it. What I did was I got with a friend of mine who had some, and um, he had a little, little spot around the corner where he would go to sell his, and he would let me come hang out with him, and I'd bring mine and I'd give him a little couple bottles and let me sell with him, you know, and I'd cake off with this guy, man, and um, yeah, I mean I, that's that's when I first started. My, 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 my. So how much did you, would you estimate you were bringing in 
Oh man. Probably like um I'll probably say like in the beginning it was probably like about fifteen hundred a night. Fifteen hundred a yeah, night. And that was on that was yeah, that was easy because it was just you know, I, I started off with I started off with like five clips. And that's that was the they were ten dollars a bottle. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Five five clips, so that's ten, twenty, thirty, forty, fifty. I started off with fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. And you once you once you sell those ten, you just re up. You know what I mean? And and you're doubling up. You're already doubling mm-hmm. up and just you're spending what you what you spend and you know, double up. So, um yeah. My first couple my first couple flips was like maybe twelve, fifteen hundred. Okay. Yeah, and that was and that was that was a study. I was, that was pretty much steady regularly. And so for yourself, just internally, your character, your personality, you know, your behaviorisms, you know, your mannerisms, whatever it may be, is there a shift at all now that you see yourself being introduced to this dark world, of this course, underworld? Yeah, of course, man, absolutely. It's, it's, what changes did you notice I mean, with yourself? You just, I think with me, it was more, more so... Just being able to be able to, to to do things for myself, you know what I mean? Have a little extra money in my pocket, you know what I'm saying? Be able to get fresh whenever I want, you know? It's like, you're, you know, people tell you money can't buy you love, money can't buy you happiness. It might not be able to buy you happiness, but it can, it can definitely put a smile on your face, man. You can be yeah. smart. You can be happy while while yeah, buying. Absolutely, you know what I'm saying. I, and I'm 52 years old, man. I'm not gonna try to tell anybody. I'm not gonna try to sit up here and be hypocritical and say, you know, it, don't do this or don't do that because I did that. You know what I mean? And that's the reason why I would never say that. You know, I would hope that a person would try not to do the, the negative things that I did. You know, but I know that money was always easy to be made. It was not even, it was not a difficulty to make money. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I just, I just tried to, um, I just tried to get in where I fit in, man. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I didn't try to abuse, I didn't try to abuse the game. I didn't try to, I didn't try to make anything. It was just, I liked, I liked to be able to do stuff for myself and the changes that I would see was, me being able to do stuff for me would make me want to go do things for other people. Now, were there any elements of conflict, rivals? Nah, you know, that. you nah. never, you never. I never. And I'm gonna tell you why, man. I've always been the type of dude that's been real analytical. Like I, I so <clears throat> I had a, I had a jump on on the people in the hood as far as being in the street. They were in the street. But they were in the street, and that's it. I was in the books and in the street. You understand? Mm-hmm. So I could take my street and my book smart and implement that together. And I could see a lot of things happening and developing, and I could utilize that as my business smarts. You understand? Mm-hmm. So a lot of things, is instead of getting into conflicts, I know you're going to mess up my money if I get into something with you. I mean, it's that's stupid. It's fruitless. It's not going to bear any fruit. If you and I get into a confrontation, eventually somebody's going to get hurt. One of your peoples might feel my not not feel me, and then it's going to be some of me and your peoples. It's not even worth it. So, and I was always looking, at, and it wasn't like I'm a punk. Listen, I know 
that if I'm trying to be beneficial and make money, it's not going to be beneficial for you and I to have a beef. It's not. It's just not going to It's not gonna help. Yeah, because you have to allocate so much money to prepare for whatever conflict there may be in so, conflict bro. resolution, so, if you will. Of course, because because not only you got to worry about opposition, but you got to worry about the police. You got to worry about, you said, get into fights, physical altercations, or, or verbal altercations, which then may lead into a physical altercation behind something that's small. Yeah. So you got to have money put up for, for bail money. Definitely got to have that put up. Right. You know what I'm saying? And you got to, you got to, Watch how you gotta watch how people treat you. You have to teach people how to treat you. you know how so? Because, all right. If you see an individual is gonna try to be shady, don't let that individual continue that behavior. Nip that in the bud immediately. Don't do not let that person even think that they're gonna entertain the thought to play you out in any way, shape, form, or fashion. If you see as an inkling of a of a of a shining light that they're possibly trying to play you out. Let them know, listen, we need to talk. Mm. We need to have a conversation, bro. You're a man, I'm a man. All right? I'm going to respect you first and foremost as a man. I'm going to demand that you respect me back, bro. And if not, we can't do that, then we're going we're gonna to... Part ways it, right now. Right now. Yeah. And if you have a problem with that, then we're going to do what we got to do to to solve whatever tension's in the air. Because I'm, I'm not... I'm, it's just not going to happen. You right. know what I mean? So yeah, you have to teach. You have to, and 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 my, I had an uncle who was always in, always in the game, always been in the game. Right. So he used to tell me, yo, you got to treat people how to. You have to teach people how to treat you. You know what I mean? And he used to always say that sometimes you have to think for others, mm. not only just yourself. And that's not, and that's on a on a on a whole aspect. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, sometimes you have to. You just got to know that. Everybody is not going to have the same mental thought that you have. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Your thought process is going to be different than yours. Okay. You know? And my mother used to say that to me all the time too. So yeah, I, I would, I would, I would, if, if I would always be on, I wouldn't say offensive. I would say more on on a on a neutral side, mm-hmm. just being able to be able to flip defensively or offensively if need be. I got you. Know you. What I mean? I was never a wave maker. I'm still mm-hmm. not a wave maker. You know what I mean? If people people that know me, they're like, nah, that, he's always been a cool dude. You know what I mean? Right. So in this, you know, in this time, you know, obviously we see in, in so many movies, right? The ultimate seed that's planted that that will lead to the downfall of the person hustling is their greed. Mm-hmm. That that allure of wanting more and more and more. For yourself, did that ever strike within you? Were you comfortable where you were? Like, what what ultimately would would take? What path would you go down? Uh, I'm gonna tell you what happened. This is what happened. Um, once, once uh, I left, once I left Irvington, Debbie and I, uh, we left Irvington. Came back up to Dover, and um, we parted ways from there. We let we, we 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 she went with her way, I went my way, and then um, I was uh, I ran into Scott again, and Scott gave me a job, and I met 
I was I, actually what happened was I was in I was in the county jail, in Morris County Jail, and I was doing a small bit, and I met this guy named Daryl Small, and he said to me, man. We used to we used to work out together on the work block. He said when you he said when you get out he said if you get out and you do the right thing and stay out of trouble he said he said I get you a cell phone he said I get you some clothes he said I even get you a chick man he said I help you out with anything you need he said but you just gotta stay out the streets. So did you know this guy prior at all? Never met him in my life. Never. Okay. Never met him in my life. He was younger than me too. Gotcha. But he was he was connected. Yeah. Very well connected. And you know I. And I knew you know how I knew he was connected because we used we used to eat at night when everybody else was sitting down when they called mess out mm-hmm. at nighttime. That's at five like five forty five, bro. You eat dinner at six o'clock, and it, what you gonna eat for the rest of the night? Right. It's over, <laughs> man. This dude used to have bags of chips, cakes, cookies. Food, tuna fish, sausage, soup, everything. Locker stayed on total full. And that's just the money on the books. And commissary? that's just the money on the right. yeah, that was just the commissary. We never we when I moved to the, we never ate that food coming on the train except for breakfast. Because I love breakfast, French toast, right? French toast and pancakes. Yeah. yeah, never. Lunch or dinner, never. And then after we after we eat, we eat dinner. Cause then while they're eating. We're out on the rec deck working out while they're eating, while they're calling it. So after they get done eating, we don't work. We, we've got our workout in. So then we go shower up, and then we come out, and then we go eat. And now they're going out to play their little stuff. So we're sitting down eating. It's 8 o'clock now. They're going out. They're playing. We don't have our little, what we're doing. It's 8 o'clock. We're sitting down eating tuna fish sandwiches and watching TV. So this brother said, you get out and do, you do the right thing and stay out of trouble. He said, I got you. Man, I got out. This dude brought me clothes. He got me my, my first cell phone. I never had a cell phone. Mm. Brought me a cell phone. He said, look, man, I'm going to introduce you to this chick. He said, she's a good girl. She got a nice house. We were in, we were in Stanhope, New Jersey. Okay. He said, she got a nice house on the lake. She got a couple kids. He said, I'm going to introduce you to her. See how you like it. I said, all right. So he goes over to her house. She introduces me to her. She, he introduced me to her. She's floored. Now, mind you, we just came home. Right? So yeah. I'm like, oh, swole. Yeah. yeah. She's yeah. like, damn, right? Yeah. Italian chick, right? Her name right. was Christine Lugo. She got a little daughter named Damaris. Damaris, I think, is like four. She got a son named Desmond. Desmond's probably seven. Yeah. She got a daughter named Denise, who was probably 13. Oh, and wow. And she had another daughter who was Deanna, who was probably 14. So born. where's the old man? Her old man is, the baby's father is, and I know the baby's father, but he's a deadbeat dad. He's just, okay. yeah, he ain't, he ain't, yeah, and he's, and he's, he's really bad. He's just bad off. He's, yeah. and I, you know, and I know him, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, but Denise is, she, Denise is the only one who has another who has another baby dad. Okay. She uh and her father, her baby's father, um, got murdered in the mall parking lot in, in the Rockaway Mall parking lot when, when she was a baby. Um, so I kind of pulled her up underneath here 
and yeah. she was big on me. She liked me a lot. Like they all love you. All the kids love you. From yeah. the baby, all they all love you. Yeah. So um, I was at, and I was staying with him. I was staying, with Daryl. Well, actually, I was staying. I was staying at a at a. Uh, it was at a halfway house. And he would come pick me up. He would go drop his girl off. And as he was going to drop his girl off in the morning, yeah, he would drive back and pick me up and take me to his house. And we hang out at his house all day, play games, look online for a job, blah, 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 blah. And then when he had to go pick his girl up at the end of the night, we I'd jump in the whip and we'd go all the way to go pick her up, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I'd ride with him. He wouldn't drop me off, go pick her up on the way back. He might drop me off, or I might go back to the crib and hang out with them. Yeah. Or I might stay at the crib while he goes, picks her up, comes back, stays at the crib, and then later on he might take me back to the halfway house. Wow. You understand? Yeah. Okay. That was my dude. So he's like, yo, man, why don't you move with old girl? And this is after two weeks of me and her dating. Wow. And I'm still at the halfway house. He said, this is what you do. Come stay with me first. Now... I'm living with him and his girl, and me and her are still seeing each other. He said, "Come stay with me, bro. I want this. I want to cry right now. I'm, I'm really emotional because this dude. I told you we never knew each other, bro. This said dude said, "Yo, you get out and fucking stay out of trouble. I got you, bro." And that was just based off of the connection that you guys yeah, made on the jail. inside, based off of character. But that's it, because he said, "Yo, I, he said, yo, he said, I, he said, I seen you one time before, so but I never seen you again." I said, yeah, I got family up here, blah, 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 blah. He's like, yo. And I explained to him my story. I said, I got a girl, and you know, I fucked up with her, and we ain't together no more. And he's like, yo, I got you, fam. He said, you, he said I'm leaving before you. Because we both had time when we were yeah. sentenced. He said, you get home, and you call me. He said, if I see you doing right, he said, if I see that you, he said, I got you. Gosh. And he was true to his word. He was true to his word. He said, he said move in with her. Move in with her. He said, nah, 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 nah. He said, look. Pack your stuff at the halfway house. Because I could have... I, I was at the halfway house, but it was like I was... I was. I still... If I had somewhere I could have went, they said I could go. Oh, wow. Okay. You know what I'm yeah. Gotcha. But, but I was staying there and I was paying like like $30, like $30 every two weeks I was paying. So they were like, um, go pack your things. He said, come stay with me. So I would stay with him. I stayed with him for five days. I got there Friday, mm-hmm. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. That... Wednesday morning, I was moved in with her. So how did it go with you asking her? She, I didn't even have to ask her because I was staying with him. She's like, why? You? She's like, you want to come stay with me? Oh, okay. I'm, so he knew that would pay off in regards yeah, to saying, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, because because he he introduced me to this. He knows right. her. You know what I'm saying? Right. So so I, you know I automatically so from right then, um, like. Two days after I moved in with her, I got in touch with Scott, right? Yeah. And it was a dude that I was in the county with, a young dude I was in the county with that got out, and I got him a job with me and Scott while I was living with Christine, mm. you understand? Mm-hmm. And I introduced him to my daughter, to the one that I was taking a liking to. I introduced him to her. So they were connected. His name is Jordan. So Jordan. And, and and Denise were seeing each other. You yeah. understand? So he would come over. He would hang out the whole time while I was there. So, um, oh, this is so cool. So, 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 um, now, let me, let, me, let me back up a little bit. 
This is 2006. Okay. This is 2000, like 2005, 2006. But before, like a year before that, I want to say it was 2006. When I, a year before I was with Christine, in between there, I had beat up a cab driver. I checked this out. I was at a party. I just came home. I, came, I went to a party with these girls out in Parsippany. So we all come back. We get in a cab in Parsippany. It's me and like six girls. And we get in the car. It was a, a minivan. And we get, to, we get to Dover, and we all get out, and we just start walking. And the guy's driving beside us, and he's like, yo, who's going to pay? Who's going to pay? And they're all talking, oh, and the, you know, nobody's going to pay. So yeah. I'm not going to pay, so everybody just starts walking in different directions. So he speeds off, you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, the next, like that following weekend, I'm walking down Blackwell Street. This dude pulls over. Picks me up. I'm looking, I'm, I'm looking for a cab, but he pulls over. Got hell. Pulls over, and he's like, "Yo, where are you going?" I said, "I'm going. I'm going. I was going to see my cousin in Wharton." So he's like, "Okay." So evidently, he already knows who I am. He recognizes my coat. He already knows who I am because when I get in there, I tell him where I'm going. He looks in the rearview mirror and says, "Yo, you don't remember me, Dominican? Do you know me?" Like, nah, man. He says, "You don't pay." So what do you mean? He said, "You and the girls, remember? You know, you don't pay. You're walking from the tab." So I'm, I'm, when he says he's doing it, starting girls, to dawn on yeah. you. <laughs> so I'm laughing and shit, you know what I'm saying? And he's like, he's not laughing. He's, he's serious as hell. You know what right. I'm saying? So I'm like, look, I said, I said, it couldn't have been no more like $20. I said, I'll pay you, bro. I said, it wasn't my fault, though. I said, but I remember what you're talking about. He said, no, no, no. He says, it's okay, no problem. He says, it's okay, bro. And he starts to drive. And he, he goes, now he's starting to go like in the opposite direction of where I want to go. I want to go that way. And he's making the right turn. He's in the, he done made the right turn. He's making the yeah. turn. And, and he's about to make another turn. And I'm like, where are you going? He said, I'm taking you to police. Oh, no, fam. You're not going to do that. Do that. I said, I told you, I got you, bro. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So he want to take me to you know, take me to the police. Now, mind you, I told you prior to all this, me going back and forth to jail. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So I'm trying to do the right thing. So, boom. Dude don't want to take, he, he wants, he, he don't want to, you know, just take his little money. He wants to take me to jail. Right. So I reach over him to pop the lock on his door because I got the, the sliding door. It won't unlock. It's, yeah. He's got the lock. So I reach over to pop the lock. He shoots an elbow at me. When he shoots the elbow at me, it's over. I dress him up. I light <laughs> his shit up, dislocated his shit, and pop the lock and got out and left. Right? Right. So I go on about my business. So now let's fast forward. I done met this girl. I'm working. Um, I got a. I got about. Shit, I got a, a little less than a pound of weed that my boss gave me to get my license, so I could pay my surcharges. The money I was gonna make all this weed, I was gonna pay my surcharge with my license, so I could drive one of these vans back and forth. Right. You know what I'm saying? So um, it's 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 at the house, and Christine knows it's there. I got all my clothes. I got all these Jordans. I got leather coats. I got all kinds of shit at, at this girl's house. So. Um, <clears throat> it's 2006, 2006, it's four, it's, it's April 16th, I'm making plans with this young little young chick that I was supposed to go see, right? Right. So, um, me and Jordan are talking about it, so, the, the uh, the 19th rolls around, so me and Jordan all the way home. Me and Jordan all the way home. He got his check. I got my check. So we're driving. We're coming Separate up. from 
Christine and right, right okay gotcha right. gotcha side joints right so I'm like we're gonna go sh- t- um, shower and we're gonna go hang out with these chicks for 420 tomorrow right. I said let's make sure we get this right I said but we can't let the other chicks know what we're doing he said alright cool so we come through Roxbury and I get pulled over by, by a Roxbury cop now the cop said I didn't have my seatbelt on have a seatbelt on bro cause I know coming through Roxbury it's an all white town up there now, where I'm at yeah. is, you know, it's a lot of white people. Where I was at is all white. And I know, bro, I'm, I'm bro, I'm, come on, I know. Yeah, yeah. Don't give them a reason. Exactly. Why would you ride Not without a seatbelt? Not at all. So he right. pulls me over. He says, you know why I stopped you tonight, sir? I said, no, I don't. He said, you didn't have your seatbelt on. I said, officer, I said, that's totally false, bro. I said, I have my seatbelt on. I said, I just came off of the, off of the highway and came through landing, and I know I had my seatbelt on because I know to have it on when I come through here. I have it on right now. He said, no, you didn't. I said, he said, well, that's that's irrelevant. He said, you got any ID? I said, no, I don't have any ID. I don't have a driver's license. I said, he has a license, but I don't have that. I don't have L's. I said, he has license. He's sick. He wasn't driving. I'm driving. He said, well, you have, uh, can you tell me what your name is? So I gave him a name, blah, blah, blah. He gave him his name. So he says, uh, I'll be right back. So I'm sitting there. And what are you thinking at this point the outcome of this traffic stop will be? Um, probably going to get a ticket for driving while suspended. Okay. And and Jordan's going to take the car because he's got license. Mm-hmm. And and we all live together. You know what I'm saying? That's, yeah. That's that's, that's, as, that's as deep as I thought he was going to get. Right. So, the cop, I'm 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 looking in the rearview mirror, and I see the cop come out of the car, and he's got his he's got his gun out of his holster, and he gets on the mic. On the radio, it says, driver, take the keys with your right hand and throw them out the door and take your left hand and open the door. So I'm like, what? Wow. I said, say that again? So he said, take your right hand, throw the keys out the door and open the door with your left hand. So throw the keys out, reach out, open the door. He says, now step out. So I step out. So he says, get down. I'm like, what the fuck? Get down. What is all this about? So he says, get down on the ground. Get down on the ground. Don't make me mace you. Mace you? You know, mace me. That tells you a completely different time than where we are now. Yeah, exactly. So so I'm like, officer, what's going on? Because I'm really, bro, I'm I'm like, I'm dead ass. I don't know what is is going on. I have no idea what he's talking about. Right. So 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 I lay down. I, I comply. So he comes up, puts the cuffs on me. So I ask him what it's all about. So two more cars pull up. Then the canine unit pulls. So now it's three cars and a canine unit, bro, for a traffic stop. So my mm. dude is bugging. He's tripping. He's bugging. <laughs> He's only 19 years old. He's like, what the fuck is going on? What's yeah. going on? So, they, yo, so the cop gets out of the car, and I ask him what's going on. He said, you have a warrant out of the prosecutor's office. I said, what's the for? He said, I can't tell you that right now, but you have a warrant out of, you, out of the prosecutor's office for your arrest. He reads me my rights. puts me in the back of the car. So I tell Jordy and call Christine, tell him about what's going on. So they take, because they take him too. I said, call, call her, because... He got warrant for for, for no show for for a light for a, a, a ticket that he had ran into somebody somewhere, so they took us both down to Roxbury. So he had a ticket which was like one hundred twenty eight dollars. I paid for his. I had two counts of first degree robbery, two counts of first degree carjacking, the possession of a weapon third degree. Those are my charges. Wow. So I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, where is this stemming from? 
they had to go to the prosecutor's office. They have a warrant out of the prosecutor's office. So I had to wait. I, and my bail was $250,000 cash, no 10%. So you had to pay it all? Yeah, that's a quarter of a million dollars. You think I had that? I'm going to say no. Yeah, so they're like, well, <laughs> you know, so don't worry about it. Prosecutors are going to come out and talk to you. Now, now that's not the way it's supposed to go. If you don't have bail money, they, the, the, the county jail comes to get you and they take you, or, or the officers take you to the county jail. And, that, and you, you go there until you make bail. Now, the prosecutor came to talk to me, prosecutor's office, investigating officers. So I'm like, what's going on? They said, okay, well, apparently you and a couple other guys carjacked this dude, robbed him, beat him up and left him for dead on Blackwell Street. I'm like, who are you fucking you talking about, bro? Right. So like, you tell us who you're talking about. You were there. Bro, I don't have no idea who you're talking about. So I'm still like, I'm oblivious to who they're talking about. Confused. I have no idea because I'm not even putting in the, I'm not even factoring in the fight that I had with this dude a year ago. Right. This, I'm, because that was just a fight. I just beat this nigga's ass so I could get the fuck out while I was It was, was light. It was, was light. Yeah. Was, I, and there was nothing with no robbery. None of that shit he's talking. And this was a year ago. You know what I'm saying? So now, this, I don't, I, I, this is not even registered. I'm like, yo, you got the wrong dude, bro. He said, man, we got your blood. We got your fingerprint. I'm like, you got the wrong dude, fam. Um, you got the wrong dude. So I'm, I'm, I'm denying everything all the way. So they, they send me to the county, and I get my lawyer, and the lawyer tells me, oh, yeah, well, apparently you're in a fight with this, this uh, you, were, you, you were in a fight with this, this Dominican dude who, 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 who's the guy who said you robbed him. And I said, yeah. He said, well, he said, well what, happened, what happened to the other guys? I said, it was just me. He said, no, nah, this guy reported me. He reported to me that it was me and three other individuals. Wow. I walked up to the driver's side of the of the uh, van and asked them for directions to someplace. And simultaneously, my boys jumped in, passenger side, passenger side door, and and this side. Yeah. Right? So you got one, two, three. Right. And I'm standing at the door talking to old boy. Yeah. And then he says, I yoked him up. Right? Okay. Now, and this is all on public record, bro. This is all... My law is case law because I came back on appeal. So this is all in, in, in case law. If anybody right. wants to look it up, yeah. So wow. so the dude so so the dude says that I yoked him up and then I pulled him in the back seat, but I'm standing outside, right? Right. And then once <coughs> I yoked him in the back seat, I got him in the back seat, but I'm I'm driving. Wow. So yeah. You understand? Yeah. Now he says all of this. And they still allowed for this to be admissible. Yeah, everything. And they found me guilty. They found me guilty that I got a 21 and 85 for that shit, bro. Now explain that, because okay. you and I discussed okay. that. Okay, a 21 and 85. In New Jersey, they, 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 you get an 85% of whatever number that you get. If they give you a 10 with an 85, you're going to do 85% of that 10 years. Gotcha. You know, 2 with 85, which is, I don't know, they're going to give you they're going to give you 85% of two years. Gotcha. So you do 85%. So, yeah, I and, and when I was going for sentencing, actually, my the judge of my of my trial, <coughs> he, uh, he was retiring that, that week, you know, and he's like, oh, my hands are tired. I got to give you, you know, he, see, he, he knew the trial was messed up. You know, this guy was saying all kinds of stuff happened to him. How could I, how could I physically possibly be driving the van, the van and beating you up at the same time from the back seat? Yeah. Like, so you could tell there was no flow to the story that all, was actually credible. So, so what happened was they found me guilty, and as I was found guilty, my lawyer said, "You want to make, you know, we want to do an appeal like ASAP." 
And this is a public defender, or did you yeah, have somebody on retainer? Okay. Yeah, this is a public defender. Her name was Jessica Moses, and I called her a pit bull in a skirt because when I went down to Rowway State Prison, that lady stuck with me through everything I went through. She went all the Christmases, all the Thanksgivings, all my birthdays for three years. She said, just give me three years. She said, let's do this appeal. She said, and I will do everything in my power to get you back. This is a public defender, bro. I lost trial with a public defender. Do you know when you, do you, know when you go to court with a public defender, anything, once you're gone in that public defender, your ties are, your ties are severed. You know, you probably mm. never see that person again unless it's in on another case. Wow. You're not, you're, your chance to ever, ever see that person again once you're sentenced or whatever happened to you, they're done with you, bro. So they're, she exceeded the expectation what? by even still looking into it once what? it was done. Because usually they just wipe their hands because over she, it and go. Because she knew that the case was trash. She knew that I was railroaded. So she did whatever she could. So three years came, exactly. Three years came. My appeal came back. I went, got sent back to the Mars County Jail for an entirely new trial. But, let me back up a little bit. While I was in Rawway, before I even made it to Rawway, Christine, mm-hmm. the girl I was supposed to marry, the one yeah. I was there, took my money, took my clothes, took all my bud, everything. I got none of that. Oh, don't worry. When you get to um, Rawway, I got you. I'm seeing some money so you can get a TV, some clothes, and get you some commissary and all this and all that. I'm still waiting on that commissary right now. That was in 2007. So she just bounced. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to tell you. So, I get, let's go back to where we were. So, I get a new trial. Jessica Moses knocks him out of the box. So, I sit in the county for another... Oh, I did a total of five years. What I ended up getting was an assault charge because they conceded and it ended up being exactly what it was, was a fight. So they never found three other people to mysteriously no, because, charge no, with this. No, okay. there was three other people. Got you. There okay. never was. The guy was lying. And he, and he, even, he, he basically admitted he was lying. Okay. You know what I mean? Because he said, ah, well, it, it, I might have I exaggerated, exaggerated the story a little bit by uh. saying... That it was three people, but you know, it felt like it was three people. Cause I whooped that ass. Yeah, I whooped that ass. So I won my I won my appeal and I got time served. And okay. I walked out of walked out of walked out of prison. I walked out of the Marsh County Jail. Um, so this is now what year? Two thousand and eleven. Okay. Okay. Um, Two thousand and eleven. Uh, I met. A young lady, and um, we hung out in New Jersey for a little while, and then we came down here to North Carolina, man, in 2011. And um, so much has happened in the whirlwind in that two in that, in that time, man, from 2011 to now. Between my uh, my stepmother passing away, you know, we coming down here. It was just first of all that was. That was crazy because the girl that I met in New Jersey, we were on our way to Florida and we got stuck here in Raleigh. And I called my stepmother and father, who I had no idea even how the hell I called them, but I called them. And I don't know what made me call them. And she asked me where I was. And I said I was in Raleigh somewhere at some hotel, motel. And we had money, me and my girl, we had money, but we didn't have a lot. And she said, well, where are you in Raleigh? She said, because I'm in Nightdale. Like, I knew where that was. Right. You know? She said, I'm in, I'm in Nightdale. And I said, I don't know where that is. She said, just find out where the hell you are and call me back. So I, I, I found out where I was. And I was like, 
I don't know, 20 minutes away from where she was at. Right. You know, and I haven't seen her or my father in, I don't know, 15 years. Wow. Yeah, my father had a stroke, and I saw him once since he had that stroke, and he was supposed to be getting rehab, but he wasn't because my stepmother had stopped him from getting rehab because she didn't want him to be physically able to whoop her ass anymore. Wow. They used to physically fight, you know what I mean? Yeah. So after he had the stroke, she took him to rehab just so he could, just enough so he could maybe feed himself and maybe, you know, do a little couple other things. But not fully regain his strength. Exactly. Gotcha. And I didn't know that because I wasn't there. Right. You know, but that's what happened. So I got down here and I went there to her house and, you know, we, she and I made up because we, we were never cool, ever. Right. Ever. Ever. We were never cool. I hated her and she hated me. Just because? Because. Even, no, before that, like, she was the type of person that, you know, God rest her soul, she was the type of person that, she caught me smoking weed, I probably was in sixth grade, fifth grade, I was in one of my father's room one day, and it was summertime, we had summer camp, so it was a, 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 a recess, so they sent me clothes down for recess, so everybody goes home for an hour, and I went home and was rambling through my father's stuff, and found some weed, and, and, Tried to roll a joint some type of way and rolled a big bomb and he was smoking it. And my stepmother came home from work and caught me. <laughs> and she didn't tell my father, but she held that over my head. So she used to do little sleek, sneaky, snaky shit. Like you know? slick shit. Yeah. yeah. Tell, talk shit to me. You know, go. I said go clean that damn bathroom. You know, just because she felt like she could, because she, knew she had that leverage. Right, because she knew I wouldn't go say that to my father. What you gonna say? What you gonna do? You gonna tell him? I go tell your father. What you, I go tell your father right there. Wow. Yeah. So, and she held it over my head for a minute until my grandmother heard her talking shit to me out the window one day. She's like, "What is going on? Why are you talking to him like that? What did he do? You don't never let me hear you talk to him like that." Wow. And I was in the sixth grade. Yeah. This is probably yeah. So. So my grandmother asked me, you know, what the hell's going on? And I told mm -hmm. her, I said, she called me smoking, called me smoking pot. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she said she was going to tell on me, but she didn't tell. And, you know, sometimes she says stuff to me, and I don't say that thing. She's like, what? My grandmother said, my grandmother said, she what? Oh, my grandmother said, I can't wait till your father get home. My father got home, <laughs> she said, I got to tell you about your son, and I'm going to tell you about your girlfriend. I'm going to tell you about your girlfriend first. <laughs> yeah, 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 and then she told him about me, you know, smoking yeah. weed. So, but that blow was a whole lot Completely, softer. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of wow. Course. So yeah, so you would eventually make amends, right? You know, right, right. This is how. Uh, Two thousand forty. This is forty yeah. years later. Gotcha. Wow. Yeah. 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 Thirty-five, forty years later, literally. So, um, I got a key to the apartment. Um, my girl is staying at. Uh, She's staying somewhere over here, and I'm staying over here. So we finally got together, got our own place down here somewhere in Raleigh. Uh, and uh, I got a I got a key to the apartment. I'm going there and visiting re regularly. And um, one day I called and asked to borrow some money to pay a phone bill. And uh, she said to me, she, she was talking like trash, like you know, I don't know. She just said some real foul stuff to me. So. We had a real bad experience on the phone, and I basically told her, you know, lose my phone number, don't ever call me again, I don't want to talk to you. Wow. Yeah, because she was she was basically telling me and my girlfriend that we don't know how to manage our own lives because we're calling, asking to borrow money, and I tell you how I feel about that already. So um, I felt some type of way about that, about her assassinating my character. I said, because I said I was going to give you the money back. I said, we just had a, 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 a bill that came up that we didn't expect, and... 
we had to take care of that so we don't have enough income to take. She said, well, you should be doing such. And I said, you know what? I appreciate you telling me what I should be doing and what I shouldn't be doing, but that's not what I called you for. I didn't ask you what I should and shouldn't be doing. I said, so I appreciate it. If I lose your number, you lose my number, we don't communicate anymore. I said, we're going back to where we were years and years and years ago, and I'm not trying to relive that, open that scab at all. I'm going to let that go. And two weeks later, she died. Wow. And this How is, so? This is in July. She died. She, she had cancer. And that's the reason why I was going over there taking care of her and my father. Me and my girl were going over there. We'd spend the nights over there some time and take yeah. care of her and my father. Because my father was still, you know, yeah. he's messed up. So, um, yeah, she died, man. And she told her side of the family that me and her, that I cursed her out before she died. So when I get to the funeral, that's crazy, too. When I get to the funeral, which I wasn't even invited to, by the way. Actually, I found out she was dead on my, my, by my niece on Facebook. I was looking at Facebook, and she posted to my to my to my timeline that my <clears throat> stepmother had passed away, and uh, that the funeral was such and such and such and such. So I went to the funeral uninvited, and when I got there, I went and sat up in the front row. You know, they got a front With row, the family. right? So my father was sitting here, and it was an empty seat here, and then it was the row, and it was her side of the family, right? So I came up, my father was sitting there, it was an empty seat, so I went and sat next to my father, and it was like. Um, the coffin was right there and she was there and I sat there for like I don't know 10 minutes and then her sister my aunt came over to me and whispered in my ear she said you can't sit there she said that's for family so somebody's gotta sit there word that's all everything I love wow. so I got up and you know, kissed my father on the cheek and went over there and sat in the corner like in, in the corner you know what I mean? and I got cousins that are down here that I grew up with like on my side of the family, like my like my father's sister's kids that are down here. Yeah. The, I'm talking about my stepmom's side of the family was the person who said that to me. Well, my father's sister's kids, who are my my step my stepsister as well. My not step, excuse me. My god sister. My mm -hmm. aunt and my godmother. Yeah. Her daughter was there. Okay. And I got no love. Wow. So my aunt, my other father's sister, she said, you know what happened? She said, Martha said that you cursed her out before she died. And that's why everybody's... I said, do you think I would have done that? I yeah. mean, do you, you think that's my character? She said, I don't know. I said, no, but I'm telling you, it's not... I'm, I would never do that. Wow. I, I'm, I'm like... And that hurt me to my heart. Because yeah. I'm, 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 I'm way more respectful than that, bro. Yeah. I was... I was I was raised with way more. If you're going to say that I would do that, then you're going to disrespect my grandmother and my mother and my father, who you married to, by, by saying that they, let, that they raised me like that. Because that's yeah. who raised me. Yeah. And their scruples, morals, values, and beliefs are no way, no shape, no form or fashion like that, bro. Right. You know what I mean? So, wow. yeah. So, um, you know, that's what it was. And that's cool. You know, that's cool. And, um, so, fast forward, um, me and my girl, we uh, we just kept moving, kept it moving, man. Yeah. And um, I, I, I got a job working with this guy named Brian Finch. I painted with him for a little while. And uh, we moved to our first real apartment, which was over there on, uh, on off of Lynn Road. Mm-hmm. And it was nice, man. Pool, like <clears throat> our deck 
you could look over our deck, and it was the pool and the whole back back there, and it was like right there. So it wasn't like, you know, the people couldn't see us, but you could see them. It was, it was like it was really nice, man. And um, then her daughter came down here to live with us, and it was over from there, bro. Everything's been crazy since then, but it's just like a, a whirlwind. A whirlwind, a blur, man. You know? No doubt. And job. now, um, I was working at, I was work, I started working at the mall in probably like 2000 and, hmm, 2012 maybe, and I, I started working at um, Highway 55, and uh, it's crazy because my hustle skills brought me so much money at that restaurant, bro. I was, um... I um I was the first first guy that they put on the that they put on the floor because all the guys that worked at Highway 55 they were cooking on the grill in the, behind the line or they were in the back doing dish. I started out on the back doing dish, then I came into the line and I was doing the grill. And then my man, like, he said to me, he said, Yo, I want you to go out there on the floor, man. He said, I want to see what you can do out on the floor. So he put me out there on the floor. Now, they had a door right there, which is a threshold, like the mall. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So once you cross you're into the mall, so people walk by, you know, they're walking by, and they look, and they just kept up, kept it moving. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. How you doing? You guys want to try to dine in? We're trying to, how 55 come on in? Started bringing customers to the door. You have to try a sample of custard. Give him a sample of custard. Yeah. You know? Let's, yeah. Give him the menu at the door. You know? Bring him in. Let him sit down and eat. Bro, I was making I was making easy. Easy, like $150 a day. Okay. Easy. Right now to this day, they talk about me at Highway 55. And when I go to Highway 55 and there's somebody new there, my boss, my old boss over there, or some of these guys that, that have heard the story, they're like, yo, that's, cause they used to call me ball head because I got a ball head. Mm -hmm. They're like, yo, that's ball head right there. You know who that is? You know who you're talking to? What? Yeah, yo, he was the first guy to ever put on a, 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 a blue, and it was, a, and all, all the guys wore blue shirts and the girls wore pink shirts. Mm -hmm. I was the first blue shirt on the floor out of 55, bro. Wow. And now they got blue shirts on the floor. Actually, they make the guys wear pink shirts. That's wild. So yeah. now, you know, as we, as we wrap up, you know, for a lot of the, the principal characters, you know, or the principal players and, and, and people who came into your life, you know, I'll, I'll say a name and you'll let me know if you still keep in contact in any way. So for, for Daryl, you know, when was the last time you you, know, you still talked to man, him? Man, it's funny because I try to get at him, man, and it's like I can't, I haven't been able to get in touch with him. I don't have a number and I don't think anyone... <clears throat> that I know knows his number because that's just how he was. We didn't, he didn't deal with people like that. Yeah. And it's a guy that I do know that I know for a fact has his number because he used to live right next door to him. Literally, you walk out of his back door and it's like a little wooden porch and you know, walk right to Daryl's door. I know he has his number. Gotcha. Called him and left a message and said, when you get this message, call me back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, Still ain't heard back. And so, Christine, no communication? Ha! <laughs> so when I came home in 2011, my boy, I called him, I said, yo, 
Darren. I said, hey man, he said, what's up, man? I said, yo. I said, uh, what you doing? I said, uh, I'm just I'm just chilling right now. Where you at? He said, I'm at the crib. He said, how you calling me straight through? I said, I'm on the street, nigga. He said, where? Where you at? <laughs> I said, yo, I said, I, I, I'm out, bro. I'm, I'm home. He said, yo, stop lying, yo. I said, yo, I'm serious, bro. I said, I'm coming from, I said, I'm coming from, um, from Trenton right now. He's like, man, stop playing. I said, yeah, bro. I said, I'll be, I said, I'll be up away in, in probably in a couple hours. He said, come to my house. Come to my house. He said, I'm gonna have Christine come here. <laughs> Get out of here. Listen, now look, now Christine. Uh, he was telling Christine that I was gonna get out because I was I was writing him letters because yeah. I was telling him that I was coming back on appeal. You know yeah. what I mean? So he was he was telling Christine that my boy's my, my boy's gonna be, he's gonna be back home. He's gonna be back home. So um, so I I left from Trenton, hit um, the Amtrak, went up to Daryl's house. So they, it, and it was winter time. It was November. It was it was cold. It was cold. It was cold. It was cold. Might have been November. It was cold. So they're all sitting outside playing cards. So I rolled up. He like Simone, Simone. <laughs> he said, "Oh shit, Christine gonna have a fit." I'm like she know I'm here. He's like, "No." I said, "Oh shit, dude." Yeah, you know. <laughs> so um, so he's like, "No, shut away," because he because he, he he called it against me. You know. Yeah. So um, he like yeah, she be she should be like ten minutes. So we sat out there, sat out there. You know, they all smoking miles and shit. So. They were out asking, you know, what happened, blah, blah, blah. So I told you know, I told them about the fight and everything. Because nobody knew what happened. Yeah, like, you just about. Yeah, yeah, it was gone. April 19th, they just knew you that was gone. That's it. They yeah. Nobody knew, nobody knew nothing. And I've been gone five years. Yeah. So, I'm t- so you know, it's like, what the fuck happened, buddy? He's out there drinking, they smoking, yeah. what the fuck happened? So I told him the story. So um, so she pulls up. So the whole, whole so down like, yo, turn around this way. Just put your back that way. And just just, just wait just wait till she get over here. I'm, just, I'm not going <laughs> to so, so, um, so I'm sitting there, so I'm like, yeah, you know. I was uh, you know, I was hanging out with my man, blah 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 blah, blah. just 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 rambling off, rambling off. So she walks around and, and stands over there. So she's talking about she's like, so um, are you gonna go inside around and stay out here and wait for you? And she was like, she's like, cause I got somebody in the car for me. So he's like, yo, hold on for a minute. And yo, um, he said he had, he said yo, smart, give her that. So she so so she she had no idea. Wow. He's like, smart, give her that for me. So I reached in my pocket. I was like, here you go. And she she looked at my hand and she recommended she knew why she didn't see me. She looked at my hand. She said, Oh my God. And she then said, what? She, what could she say? She said, Oh my God. She covered her mouth. She backed up. She took like three steps back and she just looked at me, bro. She just looked. She couldn't say shit. She didn't say nothing. She just stopped. Just like froze. I mean, was it fear? It was, was it? It was just, it was, it was out. It wasn't fear. Shock. It was shock. And it was probably like disbelief. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like how, like, like, like how the fuck? Yeah. Because she knew I was doing a twenty with eighty five. She knew it. Like. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He was why definitely she, gonna be down for sixteen, yeah, seventeen. Yeah. Because I told her, I said, Yo, give me, just give me the three years. Give me the appeal. Because she, I said, Look, if you, if you can't do the deal with me, I, if you can't do the appeal with me, I respect that. I said, But I'm not, I'm not asking you to do this deal with me because that would be crazy. Don't yeah. be disrespectful to you and the family. I said, just give me this appeal, the appeal process. Let it go through, and if I lose my appeal, then you bounce. She's like, I got you. Don't worry about it. She said, as soon as you get to Raw I got you. I got your TV. I got your commissary money. You straight. Don't worry about nothing. That never happened. So if anything, she was feeling like, how the, f- you know, what I'm saying, how the fuck did he, how, how, 
Yeah. She wasn't scared. Because I never I never threatened her no shit like yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, it was what she did. It was, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and it, was, it was anything you didn't believe because I told you that shit didn't happen like that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I said, I, you know, that's what hurt me. You know what I mean? Because she just left me. But anyway, long story short. So she sees you. She's she in shock. Me. She's in shock. So I'm like, I get up and I'm like, yo, I'm about to go, man. I'm about to be out. I just wanted to can't through a holler at you. But she said, no, yo, can I talk to you for a minute? So I'm like, what's up? She said, no, no, can I talk to you for a minute? It's like, like. Like really want to like, sit yeah, down, like, talk, let yeah, you know what yeah, happened, why it happened yeah. type so, thing. You know, I'm like, I said, I'm about, to, I'm, about to, I'm about to head out of town. But I can come back, you know what I'm saying, holler at you and shit. So um, she was with this, some dude and shit. I don't know who it was, but anyway, you know, we sat down, um, we, and we actually met up in this little, little, um, restaurant, mm-hmm. and, um, <laughs> went to the hotel and shit, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Oh, word. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, I can't, she said, I, I can't express to you how much, you know, I'm, I'm like, how much I, I feel like I'm just like, I feel like a piece of shit. Like, she said, she... She wants to say that 15 times, man. You know what I'm saying? Just for some fact that she just didn't believe me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not even she. What even fact? She like not even fact that I left. She's like the reason why I left is because I didn't believe you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's not even fact because that. You know what I mean? Right. She's like it was the fact that I didn't believe you. I said I told you, dog. I said you think what I you think what I had you think I said as much as I did for you and those kids. While I, the, the short time that I met you, we were about to get married, my dude. I said, do you think that I would have asked you to wait three years knowing that I did that bullshit? Knowing that the outcome was going to be, I'm going to still be, the, you think I would have did that to you? Mm. And, she's, and she's like, I didn't know. I, said, I told you, man. You asked me, did I do it? I told you, man. Yeah. I told you. I said, I wouldn't, I, t- I said, that would be some selfish shit for me to have you wait for me for three years. Not even the fucking, not even after the appeal. I said, I just wanted the three years because I know that I'm coming back. Cause my, I knew it. Bro, I, I didn't do it. They said I did. So I knew it was just an inconvenience of going to prison, sitting down there, going through the process of having the appeal done, the investigation, yeah. going to your appellate court and all that. And they were going to call me back and look at me like, this shit is bullshit. Because somebody else had to hear it before that, besides that judge. That's yeah. all it was, bro. And I was telling yeah. her that she just, she just didn't believe me. She didn't believe any... I don't know if it wasn't she didn't believe my story or she didn't believe my my appeal process story. Right. There was something in me that she just didn't believe wow. that, that would not let her stay with me for that, man. And that's why she was so hurt. And I said, yo, how do you think I fucking feel, yo? Right. Damn, man. Like I said, man, there's so much in regards to your... To your story, man. Like I, I, it's hard to even put all in one episode. So, you know, as we, as we, you know, put a ribbon on this one, you know, know that there's gonna be more to come. And oh, sure, sure. you know, most definitely, you know, everybody knows in regards who follows my social media, be it Periscope, be it IG. You know, I always want to, you know, shed that light in regards to, you know, that calling of mm-hmm. DJing and music and mm-hmm. how that is your first love. So, you know, as we speak on the next episode. It's definitely going to be diving into your love of music, how you've cultivated your craft as a as a DJ, mm-hmm. you know, from, you know, you spinning at Bison Bar and, you know, we're going to have more events and, and you and I are trying to figure out ways to, to continue to spread, you know, the word regarding to, you know, regarding you as a DJ because mm-hmm. you are absolutely 1,000% official, man. But, you know, on this day, on this being your birthday, 
<clears throat> like I said, man, I wanted to give you this platform. I wanted you to be able to tell your story. You know, not only is it compelling, but, you know, you know, I want to continue to humanize the fact that it can actually heal, help, and influence in a positive way, man. Oh, so, yeah, man. you sure. know, 1,000%, man. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. And, and, and tell the people how they can find you and follow you, man, in case oh, yeah. they want to see um, you spin. If if anybody's ever trying to catch me, uh, you can catch me on, what well, I don't even do the Instagram too much, but you can catch me on Instagram at um, my joint is DJ RMK, a.k.a. Remix King, um, Abdus Samad. So just you, you look for that. You know what I'm saying? Um, again, it's DJ RMK, a.k.a. The Remix King, Abdus Samad, Abdus Samad. And uh, you can also catch me on Facebook if you, if, if you, if you, you know, frequent Facebook. And uh, on Facebook, I'm Anthony Wilson. And you'll see Samad in parentheses under that. You know what I mean? Shoot me a um, shoot me a friend request or whatever, man. You know, hit me up. Absolutely. And don't forget, you can catch him on Periscope, Anthony Wilson. I try to share every time he goes live. And also on the Wave app, you know, under Henny Grizzly. You know, uh, again, my brother, thank you for coming on to the show. Everybody, he also has a SoundCloud page. What's your SoundCloud? Um, SoundCloud, is, I want to say it's said Dust1166. Actually, that sounds right. You got it, man. So, again, this is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Ant-Man. Thanks again, my brother. Happy G-Day once again. For everybody, thank you for listening. Thank you for your continued support. I Take care. Bye, dreams. I sell it.